Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 35 of Entmoot and it's a very, very exciting episode because we have an Entmoot exclusive. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're bringing you some more Arda content because Ardacon is back on the menu, boys. It's very exciting. So uh, if you don't know what Ardacon is, then uh, basically Ardacon is the world's biggest uh, strategy battle game uh, contest tournament. Um, It's very exciting. Um, It's back on the agenda for this summer. And um, I'm bringing you some exclusive news and information about Ardacon uh, and directly from the horse's mouth as well from James Clark, the uh, organiser-in-chief of uh, Ardacon. Now... Some of the exciting information uh, is to come. But of course, there's also lots of uh, information to maybe reassure you uh, on the way. I've been, basically, I want to know. And I thought that you would want to know um, some of the information that I've got for you. So exactly uh, that is that... Exactly, that is coming. Uh, so, very exciting um, uh, episode. We've got a full long le- feature length. I mean, uh, it's like the return. The last one, I think, was very long as well. Nearly half an hour, 45 minutes, that sort of length. And uh, This is the sequel. This is like the Two Towers, but extended edition with with all that sort of the collector's gubbins. The extra DVD about Gollum statue, but no free statues included, uh, as a sequel to the very first interview I did with James Clark sometime last year when Ardacon was cancelled and um, postponed until this year. So uh, lots to come, lots to come. But uh, So here's a few few tasters of what's to come on the, uh, the episode because uh, it's not going to be a normal riddle in the dark. We're not going to be building lists. All that is in Entmoot 34. Uh, we will be back for a normal Entmoot in 36. But... But uh, this, in the meantime, we've got some tidbits of information directly from the horse's mouth, including reassurance about what will happen with your ticket. You know, yes, they can refund if they refund by a certain date, and it will have to be processed manually by me. So if there's a lot coming through, obviously it's it's a bit more difficult, but um, that is an option. And then also, you know, if people, last year's tickets were deferred for this year, if they can't make it this year, they can defer it for 2022. So from my my position in terms of selling tickets and, and managing that side, I can offer that complete insurance. Um, you know, people aren't going to miss out in any kind of way. So reassurance about tickets and also the confidence that it is all actually happening behind the scenes. Don't you worry. That it is happening and that it is coming together. And, you know, it's not... None of these things, I guess, far through uh, a lack of want or trying. Also, we'll find out how UK and British players will have to make up the shortfall. Whilst we still expect that there may be some international um, you know, guests and, and attendees able to make it, that side of it's absolutely going to be diminished. We'll hear of a way you can get your ticket refunded by winning the English System Open. That's an SBG tournament that leads into the Masters which is happening just a couple of days before the event itself. So because we've not been able to do it for this this last season, it makes sense to uh, run an English system open pre-Articon this year um, because then, of course, we can get another, hopefully, real high-quality player, an English system open winner for the 2020-2021 season going in. But it's not just that one winner who's going to get a free ticket. Because of the lack of international winners at SBG Masters tournaments around the world, there might be a few extra tickets up for grabs. Instead of just the top player being awarded a place in the 
international masters, the SBG masters, and getting their Articon ticket um, complimentary, you might end up with a situation where you've got one or two more uh, players who are taking up those spare spaces. So we're still able to have a really good uh, quality field of event for the SBG um, International Masters. All that to come. And loads and loads more uh, in this Entmoot exclusive podcast about the Ardacon tournament this year and, of course, um, tangentially about uh, next year's tournament as well. There is a lot of exciting news and there's a lot of exciting work going on behind the scenes. But uh, I suppose now it's only time to start this interview, kick it all off and have a chat with James Clark, the organiser of Ardacon. I'm already late! Late for what? I'm going on an adventure! So we welcome the architect of Ardacon, it's James Clark. Hello! Hello Harry, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And um, more importantly, how are you? I mean, it must have been a tricky year juggling, uh, organising your um, major international wargaming tournament, as well as uh, we might be able to hear the sound of Elsie, your daughter, in the background. What's how are you? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all right. Obviously, we've had a little chat before recording, and um, you know, I guess like like a lot of people this year, it's uh, it's certainly certainly had its challenges, but you know, it's been a, a lot worse for some of us. So you've got to count your blessings and. And, uh, and and keep moving forwards, and it looks like the light's at the end of the tunnel for lots of us. So, so yeah, relieved to be back, back, with, uh, back going with the business and with, with the gym, and Jane is as well with the salon, and the girls are in good health, um, you know, and then, of course, we've got the the Toy Soldiers event, which, um, which obviously moves quite far down the priorities, but we're able to push on with that as well now, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, uh, as you said, you've you've got to uh, prioritise things like your your personal businesses, you know, your livelihoods, rather than toy soldiers first and foremost. And um, but I, you know, last year, of course, this it was a, it was a sad moment really when uh, when uh, Ardacon was cancelled and yeah. and well, sort of postponed and pushed over to this year. And it's it's kind of exciting because it's on the horizon now, isn't it? And um, you know, I suppose what what are you, how are you feeling first of all? Well, let's actually. Let's take you back to last year. Um, how did you feel having to uh, pull the plug on, um, you know, something that has been your baby, I suppose, for the last uh, last few years, uh, excluding the babies that we can hear in the background? <laughs> yeah, you might get a lot of uh, a lot of Elsie in this uh, this interview. It's just me and Elsie now. I'm back from work. Uh, yeah, obviously we were we were gutted. We we held out as long as we possibly could, hoping that things would would have kind of cleared up. Obviously, post that first lockdown, we couldn't have anticipated everything that kind of happened since um, you know it did become clearer and clearer that it was going to be it was going to be something that we weren't going to be able to press on with um, but then of course there was a large a large part of what was going on behind the scenes was that negotiation with the hotel um, you know for a long long period of time making sure that effectively things could be set up right for this year um, you know and postponing and that we weren't going to be in a situation where, or I wasn't going to be in a personal situation where, um, you know, was effectively absolutely savaged by the postponement of the event. 
I can imagine that's difficult. I mean, because this is a this is a huge um, hotel. Uh, if people haven't been or, or, or heard or seen pictures of um, of Ardicon, this is at the Mercure uh, International Hotel. It's a huge place. There's chandeliers hanging on the ceiling. You know, it can fit 250 uh, people playing toy soldiers in. And you know, I'd imagine the the sort of costs and the ramifications of putting down deposits and all that sort of stuff. And you know, ultimately, you don't want to be hugely at risk for these sorts of things. I'd imagine that's one of the main concerns for you, isn't it? Absolutely, you know there, there is a, a huge amount of personal risk um, involved, um, you know, which does make it slightly terrifying. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really lucky, really, that I'd kind of protected myself and that things had happened timing-wise how they'd happened early on in the year. Like I say, there did end up being some quite long, drawn-out negotiations. I was quite conscious that some of the staff who who worked at the Mercure. Uh, we're actually in the Articon group and stuff at the time, so there was also a little bit of just trying to sort of get certain messages to them indirectly, so they could see kind of what we were doing, effectively to put us in a in a better position again, so that there wasn't this massive cloud. Because you know what I've learned is that they, if I if I'd have left myself in a really vulnerable position, they would absolutely have um, have rinsed me for that. Um, regardless of any kind of future <laughs> prospect of doing anything. Um, and that's been a big focus on, on arrangements for this year as well, is just making sure that, that that situation can't happen again, not only to myself as the event organiser, but also you know, to guests who are planning to attend you know, the hotel and booking rooms and just making sure that everyone's got that insurance and, I guess, assurance that they can book in, in some kind of confidence, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's one of the, the major things about uh, having it happen again. I mean, you, 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 you know, in the past, we've had people come from Australia, from, from America, from all across Europe, and of course, uh, from all different corners of the UK and uh, the, the British Isles as well. So, I, I mean, that, that's, that's something you want to be able to give people who are listening and, and people who are buying into this, uh, the confidence that when they come, you know, that, or when they buy a ticket, that they're going to be able to come and it's not going to be, um, you know, a, a con, as I said last time in the interview. <laughs> An Ardacan, we don't want that. No, absolutely. I mean, from my from my perspective, I was always able to make sure, I guess, that that insurance uh, and again assurance from the organizer perspective, so tickets, that that was always going to be there. I know that you sort of highlighted at the time that was it a case that we'd sort of waited beyond a, a PayPal refund date? Mm, yeah, which I absolutely wasn't aware of, but. Um, it would have been easier if we'd have done things before that because then obviously people can do manual um, refunding themselves directly with PayPal yeah. than me having to do it at my end. Um, so, the, yeah, the key thing was that like, from from my perspective, I was able to say, right, okay, well, you know, regardless of what happens, you can either get a refund or you'll be able to defer your ticket for the next event. Um, some of the news that will be being announced is that people will be able to defer their ticket if they need to because you know not all countries are out of the woods yet not all countries have been given that sort of thumbs up um, and something that I'm really keen on again is that people don't miss out so you know they will have those kind of I guess that three prong option that you know yes they can refund if they refund by a certain date and it will have to be processed manually by me so if there's a lot coming through obviously it's <laughs> it's a bit more difficult but um, that is an option, and then also, you know, if people last year's tickets were deferred for this year, if they can't make it this year, they can defer it for 2022. So, 
from my my position in terms of selling tickets and, and managing that side, I can offer that complete insurance. Um, you know, mm. People aren't going to miss out in any kind of way. Yeah, and I suppose that's that's one of the things is now we're we're hearing about international travel. There's there's a potential for some countries uh, to maybe be able to send a team of players over. Uh, I know that apparently Portugal is on the uh, green list, but uh, it, it, to be honest, most of the the countries that are on this green list that are uh, giving um, a thumbs up to international travel are like the Falklands Islands and Israel and places that uh, that don't have a massive SPG community. So I'd imagine places uh, there'll be a lot of people who. Although they may desperately want to come to a tournament and a big tournament like Ardicon, it's just not feasible for them to be able to get here from Australia, America and, and Europe this year. So yeah. I'd imagine first and foremost that, that they'll, as you say, there'll be a lot of deferred and um, refunded tickets. But there must be another element of this that, that you know, you're relying on hopefully having a full haul of people or at least... Uh, plenty of people coming to a tournament this year. I mean, what's going to happen with the with the rest of the space? Is there still going to be a big tournament? Are you hoping for UK players to make up the shortfall? I guess. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's probably the saddest thing that will be about any event this year is that, of course, you know, we are going to be missing. I guess how colourful, you know, Ardicon has been able to be in the past in terms of all of those different nations' flags and languages and people coming together from all corners of the world where, you know, maybe they've only spoken before on the Facebook groups or, you know, various forums or, or the like. You know, that's been obviously one of the massive strengths. And whilst whilst we still expect that there may be some international, um, you know, guests and, and attendees able to make it, that side of it's absolutely going to be diminished. I mean, again, because I've not been really silly with decision making in the past and because we had such a successful event you know the year before um, the cancelled year uh, that was a really successful event I mean the whole idea was always being able to guarantee a future event and not rely on that and that kind of gives us a little bit of a little bit of a buffer in that regard which is a good thing um, but in terms of more tickets becoming available obviously we sold out for uh, Articon 2020 um, and I do imagine many of those particularly international tickets might be deferred for next year or refunded. Now we're going to have a cutoff date for that so that I have an idea effectively how many tickets we can release into the system for anybody who is able to come you know potentially either from a green listed com country or from across the UK and I imagine you know with this being, I suppose, one of the first, and I know there are a couple more as well, but one of the first kind of big events where we're able to get together finally and do some toy soldiers again. I think that hopefully there'll be enough of an appetite there for the event to still kind of work. And like you, like you mentioned before about like, you know the grandeur of the setting and everything that we've tried to achieve over the years with the community at Ardicon, I am hoping that even though you know, undoubtedly we will be missing some of the things which have made it great in the past, that we're still able to have a great time and pull together in spite of those things being missing. And, you know, so, so yeah, we, we are hoping that we will have, you know, hundreds of people in attendance still. Um, you know, the domestic side of tickets, there's about 100 tickets. Obviously there are people in the Masters. There's We've got a couple of other options, which I'm, I'm sure that we'll be able to talk about at some point. 
Oh, absolutely. Which, we'll get into that in a sec. But yeah, yeah I know that you. I know that you noticed that. I mean, I actually did that as a bit of a placeholder. I didn't realise you could see it. But we're always watching, James. Always watching. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, All right, if I get this set up, then when I can do this next thing, I'll, you know, but I can't do this next thing yet. So let's do this first. I didn't realise people could see it, but that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so yeah, well, you know, I think we're still going to have a really packed event. Like I say, a lot of the domestic attendees. I think are still going to be able to come. I think there'll be a huge appetite from people. You know, think about it as well. I mean, the game really kind of had exploded. You know, before um, even we'd sold out for Ardacon 2020, with a lot of new players, which was really exciting. You know, and I think that behind the scenes, there's going to be a lot of people with itchy, not trigger fingers, but maybe dice hands, uh, ready, ready to sort of. Get going again, and or, or even just start. You know, maybe they've been there playing the models, realizing lists, and all of that other side of things. They've not been able to to play this game that they've been, you know, been in such anticipation for getting started with. So, so yeah, I do think that there'll be a pickup. And like I say, you know, I, I don't think that we're going to be near capacity. I know that we're going to be having a, a much more diminished international presence. Because you know it's it's just not possible for some, but I do think yeah. we'll have a, a, a roaring event. I, I can imagine. I mean, I'm I'm itchily uh, waiting to roll dice in the next uh, coming dice. coming weeks. It's that's that's me. I'm rolling my dice. I'm getting. I'm excited for the moment where we can finally and also just meet up with uh, you know meet up with people. Really, it's oh, wow. it's and you know these people uh, these this, this community of friends that we've all built up via this hobby. Um, I just can't wait to see everyone again. And I, I'd imagine there'll be there'll be some people out here listening, thinking, Christ, the idea of a hundred. Uh, or more, two hundred people in a room um, playing toy soldiers will be will be nerve wracking at the moment. Um, and I suppose there's an element of caution over this, but ultimately, um, you know, if if it's if everyone's vaccinated or uh, sh- uh, almost ninety percent, hopefully by uh, August, um, this will this hopefully that will give people confidence to you know to 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 enjoy it rather than being too worried about um, you know masks and hand sanitizer and things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that at the same time, you know, we'll make sure that we adhere to any guidance uh, that's given at the time. We'll make sure that those people that might feel a little bit less un- less comfortable. I mean, I- I've been in that situation, you know, where I've been able to take the girls back into dance and stuff now. And, you know, I think I think it's going to be hard for a lot of us in terms of our changing stuff. Yeah, I-, I said to you, I think it was before you started recording about being a hugger. I mean, I, I walked into a room of people that were all well spaced out and the like, but, you know, they didn't have face masks on. And I found myself feeling a little bit uncomfortable, you know, and I think all of us can't wait to not feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that hugger, you know, here in the UK, we've had restrictions on uh, on hugging and social contact. But, you know, from a, a week to well, around a week from when we're recording this, um, we were allowed to we'll be allowed to sort of hug a friend or, or whatever again. Um, uh, although the prime minister says, you know, use your use your common sense as well. So if they're <laughs> coughing and spluttering, maybe don't. <laughs> Clear as always. <laughs> as yeah, as crystal as ever. Um, well, so, so that's this, this is exciting. So we've already teased ahead to to some of these sorts of things so um i'm hoping to get a, a bit of an entmoot exclusive if i'm honest and um, yeah. so so uh, ex- we're excited with you so you're going to add some extra tickets that's kind of guaranteed but uh, this, this sneaky yeah. event that you've put up in in the articon international page which you didn't realize was gonna uh, gonna come up <laughs> um 
I'm guessing this is somehow to make up for the shortfall of the the lack of SBG masters. Now, if, if people aren't familiar, yeah. usually you have uh, sort of linked events across the world where you sort of uh, basically give a free ticket to Articon to winners of these events from various different countries uh, to encourage uh, the the best players from around the world to uh, to get stuck into Articon. That obviously has uh, been is not going to be a particularly fair contest this year and I'd imagine the Australians could probably submit someone but yet they're probably not allowed to come along so um what what's going on with the Masters and what is this exciting event that you're you're teasing ahead to so we want to continue with the Masters I mean there's a few practical and logistical things with regards to how much we can defer some of those side of things to 2022 which means that we do have to have some form of element of international masters this year, even if that international attendance is massively, you know, savaged, as it were. Mm. Um, because of course we we can't really have a situation where we have a, as you rightly pointed out before, we have an SBG system open series where some of the flagship events and TOs and communities from around the world will run their, I guess, their premier event in their in their country. And the winners of those get a uh, invitation to play in the SBG International Masters, and they also get a free ticket to Articon. If we're in a situation where we've got a deferred 2019 to 2020 seasons worth of winners, a you know a 2020 to 2021s season for those events that have been able to still go ahead worth of players, and then we've also got an upcoming 2021-2022 season. You know that just won't be viable if everybody is doing that in um, 2022. Mm. Of course, then you know you'll end up with way more than half of the event with gifted tickets and a really swollen and um, I guess overblown and unpractical master event that you just won't be able to run alongside. Um, you know the world championships and the world team championships. So mm. we are keen to press ahead and do an international masters this year with whatever we can get in attendance and we are still hopeful that we're going to get um, you know, quite a few of those incredible players from various places around the world. Uh, but one event that we've not been able to run um, for this past season is the English SPG system open which is or was of course the desolation of Stockport which I think was the yep. last time we saw each other. <laughs> yeah I, I think uh, looking back on it it was probably a bit of a mistake wasn't it um, because I think we were we were playing um, drinking games and touching each other's glasses and, and all this sort of stuff. I take no responsibility. Yeah no that wasn't your happen. fault but, uh, <laughs> but I think that was during a period of time where the government was telling us to wash our hands and uh, actually should have been locked uh, locked indoors probably depending on your opinion and what you whether you believe scientists or, or not but either way um yeah that was that was the 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 last kind of major tournament before covid hit wasn't it uh yeah but definitely one of them i mean we, we absolutely followed the guidance in terms of being able to run the event but yeah, yeah of course. people were doing some um doing some some crazy things but that was probably the last time we were able to to get together and that mm. the english system open that was obviously given a place for the 2020 event. So because we've not been able to do it for this this last season, it makes sense to uh, run an English system open pre-Articon this year um, because then, of course, we can get another, hopefully, real high-quality player, an English system open winner for the 2020-2021 season going in. But it also gives me a lot of... Um, scope and flexibility to award extra places to people who 
place in that event for the Masters depending on how many we are able to get in attendance for a Masters. So you might have a situation, depending on who can attend from around the world, you might end up with a situation where maybe instead of just the top player being awarded a place in the International Masters, the SBG Masters, and getting their Articon ticket um, complimentary, you might end up with a situation where you've got one or two more uh, players who are taking up those spare spaces. So we're still able to have a really good uh, quality field of event for the SBG um, International Masters, which I'm still keen to do. And that will obviously then also clear some of the way to have a little bit more of a, a clear SBG International Masters for 2022. And, and from what I get, sorry, just, just to interrupt, from what I gather, the idea or the hope is for this this English SBG system open, which sounds awesome that it's going to be offering a top uh, a free ticket potentially to the top player and uh, and maybe others. Yeah. Um, the, the the idea looks like that could be run in the few days running up to uh, Ardicon to make yeah. not just a three day event but a mammoth five day event. Is that right? Yeah, I mean that'll be that'll be lots of hard work on uh, on, our, on our front, but. It makes sense as well, you know, like, you know, I'm, all, I'm always honest with yourself, there's going to be some form of financial hit, of course, with, um, with Articom this year, especially, and, and for next year, because of everything that's happened in the last couple of years, and people mm. not being able to attend, and if people are deferring tickets for next year, that means the event just won't be able to generate the same kind of revenue next year as it might normally do, so there's going to be sort of these impacts, and of course... <clears throat> If there's a situation where we are still from the hotel being, you know, uh, we're, we're having to pay these very, very large fees to hire the place, it makes sense to make more use out of those days beforehand as well, as well as the fact that, of course, we haven't done an English SPG system open for this last season, as well as the fact that it solves some of the problems with the Masters um, attendance as well, you know, which is obviously a, a handy thing. So there's 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 lots of layers of um, of things that the English system open and it being in those days before Articon really helps with. It, it does sound like it could potentially solve a lot of issues. I'd imagine there'll be some people thinking, oh, no, I work midweek, and this is on a Wednesday. It's to be, a, what, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, is it? Or a Wednesday and a Thursday? Um, but... I'd imagine um, that there'll be some people thinking, well, I've already planned to take those th- that Thursday and Friday off work or, or whatever and, and negotiate it with my other half. What's an extra two days, eh? Yeah, I mean, potentially. We, who, who knows? Who knows, right? It's, it's one of those things where it, it, answers, it answers quite a few potential problems and questions and supports the event in that way. Um, but in terms of the what the attendance will be like for that, I mean, who knows? I'm hoping, of course, that like you say, Ardicon tends to be, you know, I mean, Ardicon really in the past has been from Thursday evening. And, of course, in the past as well, when we have had people traveling from abroad, a lot of those are staying for the full week. Um, you know, I guess it's kind of nice if people are coming over uh, from another country because they can you know, that then there's also something else, you know, that they can do. There's another SBG event. Like I say, we've not had an awful lot of that over the last, uh, you know, 14 months or whatever, 14, 15, 16 months or whatever it is now. So, um, you know, it's just another another opportunity. So, fingers crossed, it, it, it does what it needs to do. And like I say, and, and, 
sorry. Go on. Like, no, I was just going to go on. Let you finish. I'll let you finish. Yeah, like, like I say, you know, if we are paying for the venue for that period of time, if we're able to obviously set up a day earlier and make use of that space, it, every little helps. So, so yeah, it's um, it helps in lots of ways. That's interesting. Um, so um, when will we know that this is definitely going to happen? Are you going to make some sort of big announcement? Is, is this the big announcement? Um, when when will we know that, that? When will tickets go on sale? I suppose if 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 that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this can be um, a bit of an announcement for that. What I'm keen with with um, the English System Open is to first present the option to be able to go to it to people who have already planned to attend Articon this year, you know, who missed out on last year. It, it makes sense to kind of say, right, okay, well, look, you guys, you've you've held on, you know, you've, you've kept hold of your ticket, you've not come to us for a refund. I'm sure you can imagine, you know, 220-odd people coming to you at once for a refund could have been very, very, very difficult, mm-hmm. having made those commitments to the hotel and the like. Um, you know, so we want to reward that faith and kind of say, right, let's get a, uh, a list of people who would like to attend this tournament and offer preference to those who already have an Ardacon ticket because they're going to be coming anyway and then open it up for, for general sale after that. Now, that that should all happen very soon. You know, that all of that should be, all that information should be presented very, very soon. Now, I know that some people will roll their eyes when I say very soon, including yourself, um, because we have been trying to organize speaking <laughs> for, you know, it's been very, very soon um, in terms of getting together and having this conversation, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's taken a few uh, few false starts. Let's be honest, but I, I, you know what? It, it's a busy life, and we've all, both got busy lives. And um, you know, I think I, I can completely understand it. But I think what people want is just some kind of uh, you know con- concrete knowledge and and the excitement of seeing that advert there because because we want we want. I'm sure I'm sure people will want to come along to this thing. I know I do. I'm excited about the prospect cool. of having a, a, a five days of of toy soldiers. Um, but yeah, we just I just think we're just we're, we're just ready to ready to go really and have it set in stone well again you know I'm, I'm always honest with you in terms of the process and procedure of how these things work so the only thing that has been holding up all of this being going out and being presented is just a, a technical thing in terms of tawny so um, I try to effectively just change the date of Articon 20, 2020 I don't know about you, but saying 2020, 2021, and 2022 constantly in quick succession about different things is very confusing. <laughs> but you lose track, don't you? Lose track. Um, but yeah, I just tried to change the date of that um, and was going to go ahead and present basically all of the information about the new event. I've built the new event on Tawny already um, for the English SBG system open. Um, but I have been advised that because of the way um, people have purchased tickets, the best way for me to be able to transfer tickets and defer them from the previous event, or the only way to do it, is to create two separate new Articon events for 2021 and 2022, so that if people don't want a refund but they do want to defer their tickets to a new event, I can just gift those tickets to the new events. So it is purely a case of just, and you can't duplicate the 2020 event because it's already got tickets on it, so I just have to rebuild, um, effectively copy and paste that event, um, but I have to do it manually for a 2021 event and a 2022 event 
and then all of the information can go out. So it is literally just sitting down doing that, and then everything can go out. So hopefully, I can see, I can see why that that is. I I don't understand what you just said, but it sounds very complicated. I know Tony is that the the website that you use to buy tickets, and and it's and it's a great website in many ways. But I'd imagine that working in the back end of it is going to be difficult, especially for someone who you admitted to me just before we started recording that you own a Nokia twenty two ten rather than a smartphone. So maybe not the most techie guy. No, I have a, I have a Nokia thirty three ten. So I'm not, the, I'm not the most techie guy. And um, for those of you that obviously Andrew is part of our community, the, the guy who designed Tawny, you know, great system um, that has been built over a couple of years on the feedback mainly of SPG players. Um, you know, which is obviously nice. And it's uh, Articom was the biggest kind of trial run of that. Um, you know, when that happened, but I. I'm obviously not a technical person, so I am reliant on hearing information back from Andrew. And I can tell you that we had a conversation um, at about 12 o'clock today. Um, so, yeah, I'm good to go in terms of the information that I need to put that together. In case of me sitting down, putting that together, then releasing all the information that basically says, you know, if you bought a ticket for Ardacon 2020, you have three options. You can defer your ticket for 2021, as promised. You can defer your ticket for 2022, which wasn't promised, but will be an option. Or you can have a refund. If you'd like a refund, you have to do it by this date. You process manually. So that's the first bit of that. They'll also have all the information about the English SPG system open. Uh, the English SPG system open, as I've built it, replicates the points level of the um, SPG Masters. All of that was available on the um, Tawny website for the 2020 event. So that was a 700 point uh, tournament. The English SPG system open will be uh, six rounds, 700 points, uh, three games on day one, three games on day two. You know, and we're talking, there, there aren't, this year is not the year to do really complicated things on the rules. <laughs> It's, Fair enough. Everybody, everybody just wants to play SPG. We all need it to be simple. We're, you know, we just need to sort of get going, play SPG again, and, uh, and have a nice smooth running event, which we've obviously been able to do the last couple of years. So, so that's some of the information that will be um, that will be going out. Um, the other information, which I guess will be an exclusive to you as well, oh. that I was talking at the start of this. Uh, interview I suppose um, about what my priorities have been in terms of making sure that everybody who was coming had assurance and insurance about being able to attend and I said that you know people have generally got that by flights anyway you know if your flight gets cancelled or you know COVID reasons and the like then you can get your refund on that and I was giving that assurance with regards to tickets because I can do that that's something that I am, I do have in my power, and one of the things that had taken long and one of the things that's been an ongoing battle and negotiation is making sure that the third prong of that, which is booking hotel rooms, is also covered. And I've had to take a very, very, very big risk to, I guess, make this happen for people, which is effectively having to guarantee an allocation by a certain date um, myself. So basically guarantee, especially with it getting so so much closer, say, right, this is the number of rooms that we've got. I need to fill these rooms with the people that are attending. And if you do this effectively via me, via you know, being a booking agent, rather than it being a code directly with the hotel, I can guarantee that if you need to cancel, you know, that you are going to be able to do that. So that's been a big 
undertaking, as I'm sure you can imagine, which is involved mm. insurance companies and other things, but it's all just part of what I feel is really important. You know, one of the things that you mentioned in the last interview was potentially, you know, um, maybe a, a lack of trust almost forming because because of uh, not, not a lot of clarity with information, how information was being delivered. You know, and as I said at the time, you know, that absolutely shouldn't be the case. I'm a member of the community. Everybody knows who I am, what I'm about. You know, loads of you watched me on YouTube years ago and stuff like that. You know, you see me at events, been running this event for a long time. You know, my my abilities maybe don't always match my, my intent, but I do try my best to make things happen. Mm. And one of the big things for me is that people should be able to trust that they're not going to get stung um, in any way, shape, or form, whether that's about the tickets and refunds or deferring, you know, and certainly not by the hotel, which could have happened to me last year, um, you know, and, and did in some ways. So, yeah, it's um, it's something that I'm really, really keen on. So that's going to be another thing as well. There'll be a different way of booking the rooms. Um, and obviously I'm going to need to encourage people to do that. Mm. Um, one, obviously, for their own insurance, but also two, in order to get that kind of insurance, I've had to guarantee that kind of that block of rooms um, with the Mercure. So there'll be a date on which you've got to do that by, and there'll be information in all of the infographics in terms of how you can book your room for Articon 2021, getting the discounts, getting the food and beverage discounts alongside that as well. Um, so yeah, it's. I hope this, you know, I've not, not been doing it, even though it's been obviously further down the priority list for various reasons, there have been a lot of things that have been going on the, behind the scenes, as it were. Well, well, James, I think I think just, just by virtue of um, being here, willing to, uh, you know, talk it through and, and, and answer some questions and, and all that sort of stuff, it helps, it helps, it helps me feel like that, you know, you know, that you know, I can trust you and, I'm, you know, of course I trust you. Uh, but, you know, the, I think that it's one of those things that helps if you just, uh, if you're out there having a chat, I'm sure hopefully people will, will be up for it. But yeah, and also I think just understanding a bit more about what's going on behind the scenes yeah. can help answer some of those questions as to what what this coming soon that you mentioned this is this has been weeks and and people are excited and i think people want want to do this sort of uh, event and and get get it get back to some kind of normality with with tournaments and and you know our favorite hobby so i, I can imagine uh, um, that must be the eagerness but i guess that eagerness sometimes turns into uh, frustration if it's been a while but um yeah, well, uh, james either way i think i think you being here is is great it's it's exciting Part of it from my perspective as well, you know, I get very, very excited when I feel like I'm able to give more information. And you're right, it can be absolutely frustrating when then for reasons which, you know, they're not necessarily interesting reasons for most people. <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, you've heard me talk about some very technical um, reasons there, you know, which many people might not even understand, let alone want to want to hear about. But... You know, it, it can be frustrating when you're not able to push the button um, on certain things when you want to. And I just want—I guess I just want people to know that there that it is happening, and that it is coming together. And you know, it's not none of these things. I guess far through uh, a lack of want or trying, or uh, or anything else. It is literally just technical things and sometimes legal things and fun stuff like insurance things mm -hmm. um, you know there's, there's just all there's all kinds of layers to running an event that's on this scale but also has 
all of the costs and risks associated with it as well, which you know it's it's a burden which I'm I've been happy to bear <laughs> um, at times, and you know I, I continue to be committed to to I guess trying to make this event work for you know all of the people that, that clearly love love it and love the idea of it and what it's about and what it's always been trying to be and you know we've 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 really done well on making sure that every year it's been better than the previous year and um, you know every year's had had different challenges but we've always got better and better and you know obviously that's going to be it's going to be different this year but I think that I think that we're all going to love it we can have that setting. Hopefully, it's going to be the first time where so many of us get back together. Uh, we will make sure everybody is as safe as uh, as they possibly can be. Uh, and like I say, it should be it should just be real fun to catch up with people that ultimately that we like spending time with, doing something that we've all got in common, regardless of our age, backgrounds, jobs, everything else. You know, we all love a bit of Middle Earth strategy battle gaming. So, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you, buddy, and catch up. And um, I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, not drinks shared, but drinks shared. Tell you what, I'll, I'll get you a beer. I'll get you a beer, and I'll let the bartender uh, give you that beer rather than me uh, personally hand it over. But either way, James, the the the, uh, the mammoth task that is pulling together an enormous uh, Warhammer tournament in uh, a COVID year. Um, I can tell it's it's something that you're really passionate to finish off with and and get it all ready and sorted. And I can't wait uh, to come along to to see it all in action. And I'm sure the Entmook podcast will be back in person recording uh, an interview with you on location um, as as all of this uh, starts unfolding. It's it's going to be an exciting weekend, uh, exciting week by the sound of it. Yeah, an exciting whole week. And I've got a question for you, Harry. What, Go on. what are you going to bring? What armies are you going to bring? What have you been like? Because you, everybody must be like a coiled spring. I mean, we've, we've had these amazing <laughs> releases over, over this difficult year. You know, people have got new toys like... Obviously, I've not been immersed in it in the same kind of way from a hobby perspective with everything going on, but watching on the sidelines and seeing everyone, you know, doing these wonderful hobby projects and theorizing armies and lists. I want to know what you're going to bring. Oh, James, I really don't know. You put me on the spot there because I've got so many armies that I finished in the last year. Um, you know, last year I was really into it. I did lots of, uh, I've got a lot of Easterlings on the way, waiting list that I haven't played with yet. I've got, um, what have I got? I've got some Urukai Scouts, which um, I just finished just before um, the COVID lockdown happened in March last year. And they've never been out on a tabletop at all. I've got a Woses army with, with, uh, with Rohan mixed in there. So, Honestly, I just could not possibly uh, contemplate it. It's almost too soon to think about um, which one I'll, I'll land on, but I'm sure I'll plump with something, and I can guarantee I'll have probably a mixture of three armies by the time we've got the the SBG open, and the uh, if there's doubles still happening, then that, and then of course the the main event itself. So I can't wait. There'll be oodles of army writing lists and painting opportunities to finish off war bands, but I can't wait, um, James. And and I, I really appreciate your excitement, and I just cannot wait to get uh, get down there and fingers crossed everyone will be uh, listening here is uh, is excited too yeah fingers crossed and as ever if anybody wants to contact me um directly about anything to do with Articon, if you email hotgatesgaming at gmail.com um, i should be able to answer you usually within a week um at the moment now that that email is back active and running and going so yeah um if anybody's got any questions i am open uh, open to contact and i'm sure i'll be very very busy but i will try and get back to you well, James, thanks very much for talking to uh, to me here on the podcast as well. Thank you. 
Uh, it's a pleasure, Harry. Thanks for the opportunity. James Clark, the architect of Ardacon, there, the organiser of the biggest SBG tournament in the world, uh, which is happening now in 2021, uh, despite it being cancelled last year because of COVID. It is now definitely happening from August the 18th onwards. Now, that's that's the that's one of the big uh, takeaways from that, isn't it? The 18th of August, which is a Wednesday, all the way over to the 22nd of August. So it's five days worth. That's very exciting. Um, so there we go. That, so just to sort of scrape a few of the facts away for you, um, there's refunds are available. Hotgatesgaming at gmail.com is the email if you want to get hold of uh, James Clark. Uh, the organiser there, he said, you've got a refund, all you need to do is email hotgatesgaming at gmail.com and he will get to it. There might be some um, delays, but he, he will get to it. If you can't get to it uh, this year, but you definitely will be able to next year, so maybe you're an international um, player, then you are able to defer it. And I think from what I gather, uh, there will be more information, of course, um, on the official channels. This is in no way endorsing um, Ardicon. This isn't, I'm not paid for, I'm not not get, taking shares. I'm just interested because I'm uh, a tournament goer and this is a tournament podcast and I figure you're interested too. Um, so if you are an international player um, or maybe you just don't want to go or you can't go because you're cautious or wary or whatever the reasons are, um, you can defer it till next year. No questions asked from what I gather. The third thing, is of course uh, the SBG Open. Um, now this is this is expanding the Ardacon universe to having making it a five day bonanza uh, where you can enter uh, the two day tournament on the Wednesday and the Thursday and get a chance to win your whole ticket for free uh, on the Thursday, Friday, and the Saturday. So uh, sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I, I'm assuming there's going to be a cost for the SBG Open. I'm guessing. It won't be any more than the normal tournament uh, that he runs. Uh, James runs in a, a sort of January, March, that sort of time. So I'm guessing at £35, maybe 40 Um I would hope it's not any more than that. Um, but uh, let's let's uh, fingers crossed it isn't. Um, but that either way, it's an exciting idea to have an extra few uh, spots as well to make up for those international players and hopefully get the cream of the crop of the English uh, players uh, and the Scottish players and the Irish players and the Welsh players um, to to play in that English SBG system open. Of course, anyone can travel across to England to uh, to play as long as you you know you, you can self isolate and. I don't know, get tests or whatever the rules will be uh, during that time. Um, so that's all really cool. Um, I guess the big takeaway here is if you didn't get a, t- a ticket in 2020, you'll now be able to get a ticket. This is really cool. So if you're listening to this podcast, you've got into this in the last year, um, then you can now access this uh, tournament, which perhaps you wouldn't have been able to because it would have been only for people who had been in the previous uh, years or who you know, had knew about it in January 2020. So that is really exciting. So if you're listening now, you've never heard of Ardicon and you're a big tournament player or you just want to get involved in the biggest SBG bonanza there is on the planet, then absolutely um, consider it. You know, I'm not going to force you. It's not a cheap tournament, but either way, the prospect of five days of, um, of toy soldiers after, you know, not being able to interact with people in person uh, playing toy soldiers for many many months is a pretty exciting one for me so so i guess those are the main takeaways of course um i guess there could be potential disasters and uh, changes uh, soon but um fingers crossed you know if there are big music festivals happening in august like your your leeds festival and your reading festival you'd think um a week before you'd be able to squeeze 200 people into a hotel and it'll all be safe and sound so 
I'm really excited. Um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, as a punter, I'm, as I said, I'm not a shareholder or anything like that. Uh, I know James. I've uh, interviewed James a couple of times about this, and and we've uh, we've uh, shared some shared some great moments and uh, had a good laugh at tournaments and things like that. So you know, I'm I, I'm I'm friends with him, but you know ultimately it's all down to James but fingers crossed he pulls it out of the bag it sounds like everything's going on behind the scenes and I'm really excited to be able to be there and of course report on all of the coverage so if you're not going you will be able to hear oodles of content over those days I'll be editing podcasts furiously I think I think I'll be able to get the SBG Masters tournament uh, tied up and ready for um, the weekend ahead of the Articon so I'll try and do that uh, on the Thursday night, if I can. Um, I'll also have the Friday covering the doubles and the things like that and the Chaos and Arda. And I'll also have coverage of the main event itself, the team event. So it's all very exciting. I might even do an Entmoot team. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, we'll talk about that later. Either way, um, Articon, back on the menu, boys. <laughs> very exciting. Uh, August um, the 18th onwards until uh, that Sunday the 22nd. So really excited. I've got my time booked off and I can't wait to get down there. So... Um, any questions to James Clark, hotgatesgaming at gmail.com. And if you want to ask about the podcast or if you want to send any questions or you want to answer the riddle in the dark from the last episode, it's entmootpodcast at gmail.com. That's entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to ask me any questions about uh, Articon as well. I might be able to help. I also probably won't um, send them over to James Clark. Um, but thanks very much for listening to another Entmoot podcast. We'll do the riddles in the dark and we'll build some armies next time on episode 36. In the meantime, boo rum <laughs>